you are you guys past a million dollar run rate yet? We're not. No. Can you break it next year? You think? A million next year? Yeah. Total it's de- definitely our goal. Yeah. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks. My guest today is Daniel Liebskind. He's the co-founder and CEO of Topia, a platform for creative social experiences that inspire authentic human connection. He's a product developer and engineer, having built nearly 30 applications over the past six years and believes that creativity is humanity's greatest gift and is on a quest to empower creators. Daniel, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Such an honor to be here. You bet. So, so talk to me a little bit. There's companies like Envoy, MIT, Opus, and Okta using Topia. How are they using you? Yeah. So companies that are using Topia really are using it as a community platform. So when you think about your employees, your coworkers, uh, you know, you, if you're just showing up to meetings and you don't actually really know anybody, you're kind of just a mercenary working for a company. Um, and so being able to actually turn your coworkers into people that you know that are part of your community that you can have social experiences with. Um, that's really core and critical to retention, uh, to you know, having a good uh, working environment. And so people are using Topia to have holiday parties, to celebrate their IPOs, to have all hands, happy hours, and, and sort of the, the social fabric that makes up uh, a co-working community when you're in person. Really hard to do with just Zoom. And so uh, things like Topia are able to step in and provide that medium for the social fabric. Facebook's now Meta. They're betting on the metaverse. You're like the B2B version of Meta, huh? Well, you know, we're, we've actually, we've been doing metaverse stuff for the, for a couple of years now. Um, and I wouldn't even say that we are ex- entirely uh, or even focused on B2B. Uh, for example, Burning Man, which is a big festival that happens annually, uh, actually happened on Topia. Um, happened last year on Topia, this year on Topia. Um, and so we're very much a community platform. Businesses are communities, you know, in a, a community of employees. So they're using Topia, but we also have thousands of uh, different people that are not business oriented using Topia really just as a way to evolve how they socialize online, to come together for real time experiences um, and to make friends. And, and Daniel, how are people paying you? What's your revenue model? Yeah, we have a few different revenue models. Um, and, you know, we really have two different types of users. We have, uh, first of all, we sort of have a whole creator ecosystem. Uh, and so creators are creating assets, they're creating art, they're creating programmable experiences putting those in the marketplace. Curators are creating templates, which people can then use to really easily customize their worlds. Uh, and then we have confluencers, which are actually bringing people together uh, inside of worlds and earning money by doing that. And so people are paying us both for world ownership, um, and that's $9 a month. Uh, and we have you know a couple thousand people that are doing that. And then we have uh, also on the B2B side, like you mentioned, uh, people are throwing one-off events, and, uh, and they're also subscribing to have uh, persistent monthly spaces where they can have all hands and, and happy hours and, um, and uh, check-ins and, and those sorts of things. So there's, there's a few different things. We also have uh, uh, community subscriptions and ticketing coming very soon. So we're adding new revenue models as we go. 
on the B2B side, what's the average B2B company paying you per month or per year to use the tech? You know, it ranges. Uh, the largest one-off event we've, uh, we've charged is $40,000. Uh, small ones can be $100. Uh, and then on the recurring side, you know, that also ranges. We basically charge based on venue size. So if you want to have uh, a venue size, a capacity of 100 people, we charge $4 per person of capacity. So that's $400 a month. Um, I would say that's probably, you know, for a small company, smallish company, that's what people are paying. Uh, and then you can have unlimited number of people, un- unlimited number of events, but n- never more than 100 people at a time. But we have, you know, we have people that are, uh, have a 25 person capacity, 100 person capacity, 1000 person capacity. So it kind of ranges. Got it. How many people are paying something on the B2B side? Uh, on the B2B side, on a given month, you know, again, we sometimes have, we have a lot of one-off events uh, as well. We have um, dozens at this point that are paying us, uh, but, you know, it kind of fluctuates. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Ignore the one-off stuff, but it sounds like maybe if you have dozens, call it maybe 24 paying at least 400 bucks a month on the B2B side. Something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Do, do you see that being the future? Obviously, everyone wants recurring revenue because then you can you know determine who to hire and rely on future revenue to cover their salaries and stuff. But not everything is meant to be a B2B SaaS recurring model. I mean, you're having success with one-off events. Are you, know, are you comfortable with that? How do you plan? Yeah, you know, we we very much actually want to be the evolution of how people socialize. We're not really focused on the B2B side per se. Um, I think a lot of businesses have found Topia to be really engaging and a great way to bring people together. Um, we also were very focused on our creators, right? On the people that are actually creating these experiences, that are curating experiences, that are bringing people together in worlds, which we call confluencers. Um, and so we're actually paying 30% of our revenue out from the B2B side to our creator ecosystem. Um, and that's one of the reasons that we're really stoked about all the different businesses that are paying. But I think as we think about the long term of Topia, you know, we're very much a creator ecosystem um, and very focused on how can people uh, have communities in these really unique social experiences and these curated and customized social experiences. And so that's that's kind of like our focal point. Things like Burning Man, you know, are very much in our wheelhouse. Uh, festivals gatherings, those kinds of things. And so Daniel, how much in September or October did you pay out to Confluencers? Uh, we actually just had our biggest day. Uh, I think a few days ago, we paid out um, $3,000 in a single day uh, to our Confluencers. Uh, so, you know, it's still kind of early innings on some of this stuff, but, um, you know, it's it's scaling pretty quickly. What, what, give me it's just obviously I want to try and avoid extremes. Congrats on a, it's a hugely successful day though. But if you look at just all of October, how much total went out? Are we talking like five, 10 grand to confluencers? Yeah, something like that. Okay, interesting. So got it. So so I can then multiply times, th- I mean, three there, right? You're doing something like 30 grand a month on the, on the world ownership side. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> you really like getting into the revenue numbers. Yeah. Of so course. we're, yeah, we're somewhere between there, you know, it fluctuates again, uh, based on the one-offs and one-offs actually generate a lot of the confluencer commissions at this point. Oh, I um, see. Yeah. I see. I see. So on that largest event where you had like 40,000, that was that the B2B SaaS played, how would a confluencer make money on that? Yeah. So 30%. So we would basically say, okay, here's a $40,000 invoice that's paid and we're carving out 30% of that. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, 12 grand then gets slated to get paid out to our creators and our confluencers, basically to our creator ecosystem, bring people into the event who are creating content, creating templates, creating assets and bringing people into events. I see. So, so you could have a big brand like Dell, who's very unsexy. Many people would say is unsexy and slow say, I want a cool factor. I'm going to pay Daniel and Topia 40 grand to then incentivize all these cool metaverse builders, templates to go like build this cool online ecosystem. 
That's right. We also have service partners. So uh, this $40,000 event, actually, they paid $40,000 to us. But one of our service partners uh, provided world building services, event Who's production. Uh, we, have, we have about a dozen different service partners. Are those the world ownership people that you said there's thousands of paying nine bucks a month? No, they're in some cases they are, but uh, often they're actually like event production companies. They are uh, a, a team of illustrators, um, and and uh, you know they have a lot of different uh, capabilities. Sometimes they can hire paid actors, you know, so you can have these live interactive events. So think of like Sleep No More in New York, if you're familiar with that. Um, you can you can have a corporate event that's kind of like your own customized Sleep No More, which is like interactive theater. And these service partners will build the world. They'll customize it, you know, put in your uh, your company product videos or inside jokes, scavenger hunts. You can, you know, where you can win things. And then Got during it. the event, they'll actually run the event. They'll have the paid actors, those kinds of things. And Daniel, when did you start building the business? What year? Uh, so this Topia uh, formally started in 2020, but I've been building platforms like this since 2015. Uh, and so it's been it's been a long journey. I've been actually the same technology that we're using Utopia, which is web real time communication. Uh, we basically have peer to peer encrypted tunnels for our audio and video. So there's like an encrypted tunnel between two browsers. I was building stuff uh, using that technology back in 2015, uh, and so you know it's been it's been kind of a journey. But this particular iteration started in 2020. We raised a little bit over five million uh, in May of this year from uh, 776 and Bonfire Ventures. Uh, and, and a few others. Um, and uh, 776 is Alex Ohanian, uh, who's founder of Reddit, uh, just as, a, as an aside. Um, so, you know, it, in some ways, you know, the evolution of how we socialize, evolution of Reddit, community building, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. uh, would you consider, is the 5 million the all you've raised? So it's like your pre-seed round, basically? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 5.8 in total that we've raised. Mm -hmm. So what, talk to me, take me earlier. So before the 5 million, when did you raise the 800 grand? Uh, we did that. So we hosted Burning Man uh, in 2020. Uh, basically, you know, Burning Man uh, was trying to figure out how to deal with COVID and they're shutting down. They were trying to throw their own event. We were kind of advising them on how to build a virtual world, essentially how to build a you know metaverse experience for Burning Man. Uh, they wound up deciding that they were going to uh, outsource this. So we were one of the co-hosts of it in 2020. We had over 25,000 people come to the event. Uh, and this was like five months after we actually uh, wrote the first line of code, so you know the the whole platform is pretty new. Uh, but we had over twenty thousand people come to uh, to burning to you know, what we call build a burn, which is the virtual Burning Man. Uh, and then right after that, you know, we had a lot of people interested trying to invest in Topia, and so we did uh, friends and family round essentially. Then got it. So that was eight hundred thousand sort of pre seed round. And did you do that like on a priced a priced round or a general note? Would you say? Uh, so it was actually 600,000 and it was uh, using... Daniel, yeah. come on, man. The story keeps changing. Okay. So 600,000 raised. We then raised 5.2. So we've raised 5.8 altogether. Fair, fair, fair. Okay, cool, cool. I'm, the reason I'm trying to get to this is because every founder, like when they have a, their big first moment for you, this Burning Man moment, there's always a ton of inbound interest. And so I'm curious yeah. how you sort of like moved quick, you know, reduced the amount of time you were on on investor calls. Did you use a note to do that or did you go ahead and do the full price round on the 600? Yeah, we just, we just did a note. Um, and, okay. you know, we actually did the whole thing in like two weeks. Um, yeah. It was really fast for, for that, uh, for the note round, for the friends and family. And then the, uh, the price round, you know, we were really, we, I talked to a lot of different VCs. We were really trying to find somebody that was uh, spiritually and energetically aligned with what we were trying to do and understood what we were trying to achieve. Um, and weren't going to try to like, you know, push us down some path that didn't make sense for 
uh, you know, for our values, for our culture. So when uh, I met Alex Ohanian and, and his team, Caitlin uh, Holloway as well, I uh, was another partner at 776. Yeah, I was just like, okay, these are, these are the perfect investors for us. They totally get what we're trying to do. They have deep experience building Reddit, you know, which is a platform that I have a lot of deep respect for uh, and, you know, investing and in, in just a lot of experience and connections. And so uh, when, when, you know, when we actually made that uh, happen, you know, it's kind of like sparks flew and let's make this happen. <laughs> that that makes sense to me why you two aligned in terms of like an energy level. Um, most people are, most founders are selling somewhere around 20% of the business in their seed. Were you around that same amount? Yeah, around there. This is the biggest waste of time. You can probably guess it. As a scaling SaaS founder, when you're onboarding new team members, they need things like their email set up or to get onboarded to Trello or to get access to the Salesforce account or the Slack account. This stuff takes forever. It's useless stuff that a SaaS founder has no business wasting their precious time on, which is why electric.ai is growing so fast. Firms like Sendoso, they just raised 100 million bucks, past 30 million bucks in revenue. They rely on Electric to onboard 10, 20, 30 new team members every you know month, two months, three months, four months. It's the fastest way to scale your team and not worry about onboarding new employees. We've teamed up with Electric because we want to make your lives easier as SaaS founders. That's the name of the game. Check them out now at nathanlatka.com forward slash electric. That's nathanlatka.com forward slash electric. Now for a limited time and for very few of you guys to so do it right now, you have a chance to win Beats Studio Buds when you sign up. So check it out right now at nathanlacka.com forward slash electric. Did you ever consider, man, this is going to be big. I want full flexibility. I'd prefer to bootstrap. Yeah. You know, bootstrapping is, is definitely a path to go. Um, you know, I think if you're going to do that, either you need to have a founder that's already had a big exit and has the capital to bootstrap or you need to uh, really focus on how to make how to maximize revenue and build a sustainable business right off the bat. Um, and while we are, you know, we we had revenue within our first six months. Um, that hasn't been our core focus. You know, really for us, it's building a product that people love and that is building a network allows them to come together. Um, revenue has been honestly, you know, one of the reasons that we focus on revenue at all now is so that we can pay out our creator ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah and that provide that kind sense. of financial independence. What, yeah. what was like to boost that ecosystem? Obviously, then you bring in network effects, right? So, how low was revenue in 2020? I mean, most of it was probably from the Burning Man event, right? But are we talking like a hundred grand of revenue or something like that? Yeah, it was it was even less than that. Um, I think in 2020, we didn't actually turn on revenue generation capabilities until something like um, you know August or September, right before Burning Man. We even let people subscribe at all. Yeah. Uh, and so it was. And it was when you pretty- say let, when you say let people subscribe, like does that mean they're they're trying to buy worlds at nine bucks a month. Their world builders taking 30%. Like what are the models where you, did you open up? Yeah. So the first one was, uh, was world ownership essentially. So that these are, these are unique URLs. It's kind of like real estate. So if you want topia.io slash Nathan, then you pay nine bucks a month to have that. And you have unlimited people that you can bring in there. We have huge amount of scalability. Um, so we don't like cap the number of people at a time. We've had people bring thousands of people at once into one of these worlds. Uh, and that's just nine bucks. And so that yep. that's what we opened up first, uh, and you know we have thousands of people paying to have worlds that they own. And so, all I mean, of these would you commissions. Say, yes, would you say this year this is going to be your main revenue stream? Then is going to be this nine dollar per month world ownership concept? No, we make we make way more from uh, our business side uh, than oh, okay. we do from the consum- what, what is more like the confluencer side, the world ownership side. 
Okay. Okay. Interesting. I mean, if you have thousands though at nine bucks a month, I mean, let's say 2000 at nine bucks a month, that's more than, you know, 20 grand a month in revenue. So if you're doing way more on the B2B side, I mean, what you, are you guys past a million dollar run rate yet? We're not. No. Can you break it next year? You think a million next year? Yeah. Total it's de revenue. Definitely our goal. Yeah. I mean, the reason I bring that up is because it sounds like if that goes up, Confluence can make more money. So you get more creatives, cartoonists, illustrators building for the platform and you get network effects. So like, don't, don't kill me for pushing you on revenue, but I'm also trying to help. That's exactly right. That's exactly okay. right. And, and, and that's, that's really the, the focal point here is how do we, uh, you know, how do we create financial independence for creators make it so that you can just, you know, you can have a full-time career be just creating things that bring people together, right? Creating experiences, creating social experiences online. Um, that's, that's actually sort of the, uh, the goal and the mission here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, um, so, uh, how, I guess the main thing you're tracking then are what is it? How many confluencers contribute at one, at least one illustration or at least one template per month? Like what's that metric for you that you really care? I know you're not a metrics guy, you're like an energy guy, but you have to have some metrics, right? What's the metric? Yeah, we definitely, we have metrics. So, you know, we are looking at how many people are having conversations a week. Um, okay. And, you know, importantly, we're not saying how, how, you know, um, what is like session duration? How long are people having conversations? Because we're not trying to build an attention economy. We're not an ad-based model, right? Yep. We're never going to be. So uh, the length of time isn't at nearly as important as actually coming on frequently and having at least, you know, one human connection with people. So we track... Uh, we track that. We uh, look at how many events are happening on platform each week. And then we look at how much we are paying out to our creator ecosystem. Interesting. Okay. So how many conversations per week happened last week? Uh, last week, I think it was 4,000 people had at least oh, wow. one conversation. That's amazing. Okay. And so how many events was that across? Uh, it fluctuates. I think last, last week it was 180 different events. Wow. Okay. And then it sounds like, again, a really good day for you in terms of paid out to creators would be like 3K. So maybe, I mean, it sounds like you're around like two or 3K per, per week on a good week. On a good week. Yeah. 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 Super interesting. Okay. Very cool. You know, I think that the most, I would argue the hardest thing about this really is finding like a mousetrap to get like the common person understanding this, right? Like I get it, but I would say I'm even early, right? Like, what do you think a mousetrap is going to be where you get millions of people having a conversation each week? Yeah, well, one of the funny things that's happening is we've been a metaverse company for years now without actually using the word metaverse, right? And so uh, it's really hard to describe Topia without bringing people into it. I think that's actually getting a lot easier because now people are exploring what is this idea of real-time social interaction online? What is the synchronous internet? What is the metaverse? Uh, and so that's actually making things much, much easier for us. Um, but you know, I think that the the ultimate... Um, explosion in people actually having conversations is likely going to come from people just being more comfortable with uh, with these kinds of platforms, actually using them, having it integrated into their daily way of uh, of life, and and part of how they actually interact and have community with people all over the world. Right, in many ways, we're actually bringing uh, the accessibility to communities. We're tearing down location based physical constraints, uh, economic constraints to to be a member of different groups. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's my belief. And I think what we're seeing actually happen around us real time is that people are, are getting more and more excited about uh, the ability to actually interact online and not just in a meeting, right. But in sort of a social free to move, you have your own agency, safe, consensual way. 
Well, I just signed up and I'm very happy to say I got forward slash Nathan username, which I'm shocked that I got. So I'm very excited. This is great. You know what this reminds me of? This is crazy. This looks almost exactly like the uh, whatever, the the boring apes ecosystem they built to give value to the NFTs they're building. Do you have anyone combining and illustrating virtual worlds and you can only access them in, with, with NFT access? Funny you should ask that. We uh, we have not. This is this is an exclusive on this podcast. Um, you know, just teasing that we are uh, one of the one of our core beliefs is in the interoperable metaverse. The idea of you know if you're going to be creator centric, we need to make it possible for creators instead of having to uh, in like Daniel. Web this two, is so creepy. I just joined this world. There are other people here I've never met before, but I see their faces and I see their little illustrators walking around. This is very interesting. <laughs> You're probably in welcome, which is kind of like our welcome lobby. Is the URL just, slash welcome? Yeah, I just muted myself. I'm going to. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm walking through Explore the Topia sign. I'm going to the private <laughs> zone. I'm discovering public worlds. Art Island look in, looks interesting. This is very interesting. Yep. Wow. This is like so. Like, how much of your time is spent towards like building the next Disney? Right? Don't you need like amazing illustrators and cartoonists like create these virtual worlds? Isn't that the key here? Like Activision X World of Warcraft builder people. Yeah, I mean, we. So one of the crazy things is that we have a huge marketplace full of assets. Uh, we have we have both Topia assets. We also have uh, community built assets, and then scenes, which are collections of objects or cl- collections of assets. Um, so there's a ton of stuff that you can actually just pull in. And then if you want to upload your own content, you can. You also very soon will be able to import uh, your NFTs, verified NFTs, uh, and you know use those kinds of things. So you know, just tying into this sort of interoperable public database of content makes it so you don't really have to generate your own from scratch anymore. That's part of this whole creator ecosystem that is emerging around us. You know, people have been talking about creator economies for a long time, um, but now it's actually coming to fruition and you don't need to be an artist yourself in order to have access to really high quality art that creators have made. Sorry, if I look distracted, it's because I am. I'm walking through all these worlds. Can I like have an? Can I hire an illustrator and like illustrate my own little podcast booth, kind of like this person right now is owning the little graphic stage? And when I walk into it, he's I'm listening to his music. Absolutely. Yep. That and and people are doing that all the time. So I was talking about service partners. There's also just tons of artists on platform uh, where you can, you know, they'll make you custom art. And you can just make Sorry. your world whatever you want it to be. I just jumped in the pool, which is that splashing you hear in the background. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I love this. Okay, this makes perfect sense to me. Like, I get it. You just have to do it. I love how easy you've made the onboarding. I feel like that's the key to getting this to work. I feel like once people are in, they're going to get hooked. This is great. All right, let's wrap up. Well, actually, are you raising more capital right now? Uh, we we likely are. We haven't. Um, you know, we haven't really kicked that off. Um, yep. We are getting a lot of interest in raising another round. You know, we just raised, so we don't really need capital, but, uh, you know, having more will help us to really accelerate and we are scaling the team. Our product is evolving pretty rapidly. Uh, and so, you know, if people are interested, they can reach out to me. Very cool. All right. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Favorite book. Um, well, the, the book that I just read is snow crash, uh, because that's the, the word of, you know, metaverse, uh, came from, uh, I would say maybe Shantaram though is, uh, is probably my favorite book at the moment. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? It's uh, a good question. Um, you know, I, I think Mac Redden at Comsor, he's kind of an ally of mine, um, but also just an amazing community builder and has a, has a beautiful energy. Recommend checking um, him out. 
Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building uh, Topia? Uh, I mean, Procreate is is probably the number one in terms of uh, illustration capabilities. Uh, we also have an API uh, coming very soon where people will be able to build their own tools on top of Topia. Uh, and, and so hopefully one of those will be my favorite soon. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, <laughs> I think the healthy thing to say would be eight to nine, but you know, it's often it's five or six. All right. And situation, married, single kids, uh, married, no kids, okay. no kids. All right. And how old are you? 34, uh, 35. I just had a birthday. Happy a birthday. Ago. Happy <laughs> birthday. Me too. I was October 3rd. When's your birthday? October 14th. Oh, nice man. Very cool. All right. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, Hmm. Wish I knew when I was 20. I guess, you know, that you don't need to go the traditional path. One of the things when, when we're young, at least when I was growing up, you know, you're told that you should be a doctor or a banker or a lawyer. Um, one of the things I've realized now is that there's so many different things you can be. And part of that is just the evolution of the job market. And there are gig economy things. You can be an artist, you can be a creator, you can be a manager. Um, but, you know, I, I wish I knew when I was younger that like the world was way more open to possibilities. Guys, Topia.io hosted Burning Man in 2020 when everyone was shut down. Had 25,000 people on their virtual world. They did under 100,000 bucks in revenue at that point because they weren't focused on revenue. Now really trying to figure out how to drive revenue so they can pay more out to co-creators to get better artistic talent on the platform to create better virtual worlds. Thousands of people are paying over nine bucks a month for world ownership and B2B brands are hosting events on here as well, along with some of these folks like Burning Man. They're paying thousands out to creators every single month. We'll see what happens next. 5.2 million raised, sold about 20% as he looks to scale. Daniel, thanks for taking us to the top. Nathan, thanks for having me on here. It was really fun.